to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we want to talk about the ways in which your relationship with God affects everything in terms of your relationship with your spouse. And the reason we think this is an important topic is uh, when people get married, we notice a trend. People get married and potentially start having kids, and it's around this time in life when a lot of people return to church. Yes. They start having kids or they get married and they think, oh, I grew up in the church. I was raised in the church. I want to create that same experience for my kids. I want to raise my kids in the church. And so they end up coming back to church. Yeah. And that's good. That's great. Uh, That's a good desire to have. But that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't mean you have a Christian marriage if you and your spouse have returned to church. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for us to identify uh, here on, on this podcast episode that having a desire to have a Christian marriage doesn't mean you have a Christian marriage. So uh, what is it that constitutes a Christian marriage? It's when both husband and wife, individually, each, have vertical relationships with God. And so when that happens, when there's a relationship with God that I have and that you have as my wife, mm-hmm. we now have a Christian marriage and our relationships with God affects everything in the way we interact with each other, the way we structure our marriage and a number of things. And so it's, it's that that we, we really want to talk about on the show today, how a relationship with God affects and defines, spells out your relationship with your spouse. And we're going to explain kind of what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, maybe an example of this could be kind of what's going on in our house, in our I was going to say, in our bedroom. <laughs> well, please. But, be, but let me expound on that. <laughs> Tell me. Well, I think we, about it often. Okay. <laughs> what I'm referring to is actually the decorating in the bedroom. It's very important. But mostly, we have we have this wall above our bed. Do you all have a wall above your bed that you got to figure out how is it going to be decorated, right? If you don't have a wall above your bed... <laughs> and then it's Dude, just wait. floating in the middle. <laughs> okay, so everyone has a wall. I okay, get you. Okay, we've established that. Okay, That's good. The wall is there. But my question was, how am I going to decorate it? What am I going to put up on there? What kind of frames? What size of the frames? Are they vertical, horizontal? Anyways, I buy these frames, right, Mark? And yeah, not you, the kinds of things I think about no, in the bedroom. that's true. But I ask you as my spouse, my, my precious husband, hey, can you hang these? Because you're, you know, going to get them perfectly level and make sure they're, everything's measured. And so you hang these frames for me. Yep. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. And then after a week, I'm like, I don't like them. <laughs> yes. yeah. Classic. And, uh, you know, it's like I come to you and I say, hey. I actually want different frames. So actually undo everything you just did, all that time, all that leveling, measuring, and then just do it again. <laughs> yes, I do remember. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it was on my day off yep. that I did it the first time. Yes. And then the conversation of, you kind of need to redo this. Yeah. That happened on my next day off. Well, I waited at least <laughs> until yeah. you had time. The funny thing is, uh, and I feel like we should let the people in on this uh-huh. little inside okay. joke that we've had going on. The, the, the real funny thing here is that when I hung the frames, mm-hmm. I said, okay, Bethany, it's Monday. Yep. If you... Um, fill these frames today with mm-hmm. pictures. I will give you $70. Wow. But uh, every day between now and <laughs> one week from today, you lose $10. 
So if Oof. you if you fill these frames on um, on Sunday, right? Uh, I'll give you ten dollars. Uh, Saturday would be twenty dollars. Right. You get the picture, right? Right. But <laughs> if you do not fill the frames within within one week, yeah, you the, the clock starts ticking and you begin owing me money right. because okay. the husbands can relate here. Okay, what happens is. We hang, uh-huh, you know, we uh-huh. go through all this work on our day off to hang these yeah. these frames, and then empty frames fill the room for the next month, two, oh, three. Oh, that's an exaggeration. Year, that feel- decade. <laughs> that's an exaggeration. Yeah, these are these are tough choices, but you know what? I think we should restart the time no, frame no. Right, back to Monday because we changed the frame. It doesn't work that way. That's how it works. The like, clock started ticking. No, when I hung the frames. Okay. And Actually, we're we're <laughs> past. The, <laughs> it's Tuesday. Oh. It's Tuesday, and we're one day past. So the I deadline. owe you a dollar if if, if, if I fill them if today. If they're not filled <laughs> by the end of the day today, you owe me one crisp oh, dollar bill. One crisp. All right, fine. That's fine. I'll take it out of your bank account and I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does that illustrate a relationship with God? Tell me. Well, no, it just shows. That since this is a joke and not actually a real fight, we're not in a fight. We're not, you know, getting angry at each other. We're not grumbling. You know, we actually we have a relationship with God, both Mark and I. And so that affects the way we deal with even these small things like hanging pictures and what goes inside and change. I mean, we're we're patient. That yeah. affects our marriage. We're yeah. we're long suffering. We move past these things. We don't hang on to them. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that could turn into a blow-up situation. Right. But I think we both have a love and a fear for God. Right. And that affects the way we are patient and long-suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm being very long-suffering <laughs> with you. <laughs> if this is the hardest thing in your marriage, you got a good marriage. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do believe yes. that every aspect of our horizontal relationship with each other mm-hmm. is influenced, is impacted, is affected right. by our, our uh, respective love for God. Yes. And so what does that look like when when each person in the marriage is committed to loving Christ? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? We've got a few things that we want to look at together. The first is um, your the, the Bible becomes your authority. Mm-hmm. So the authority, the source of authority in our relationship is not just my almighty edict or your almighty edict. Right. The source of authority in our marriage is the Bible. Yeah. So we look to the Bible, which for us spells out the structure of our marriage. What are the roles? What's my job? What's your job? Yes. Well, the Bible tells us right. what the answer is to those questions. And it also tells us how to conduct our lives with patience, with long suffering, with love, loving kindness, with, you know, all of these virtues of the Bible. Yeah. And there's a lot of different places <laughs> saying a lot of different things. And just those two topics, like you're, you're saying, the structure of the marriage and the morals in our marriage. Yeah. There are a lot of different um, articles, different people speaking up in the world and our culture about what those things should look like and what they shouldn't look like and how you should live according to, you know, just what, however you want and however you feel. And yet instead, because we have a relationship with God, both you and I are committed to saying, 
even if the culture or the minds out there are changing their thoughts about what should be, we are going to what God's word says. And that's the source of authority, even if we can maybe like the sound of something else or, ooh, let's try this new thought and let's see how that works out in our marriage. No, we are always coming back to what does God's word say? Because that's how we want to structure and follow our, this, this marriage. That's how we want to establish this relationship and make our decisions. Yeah. And it's not if the culture is opposed right. to the structure, but it's really since the culture around us is yeah. adamantly opposed to what the Bible says about the structure of marriage. Um, it's all the more important right. for us to remain committed to right. what the Bible says. And we happily look to God's word for structure in our marriage. And we're happily complementarian. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's not only the culture that is opposing complementarianism, right? And where <laughs> the husband is uh, called to lead in the family and the wife is called to help in the right. family, as we've talked about on numerous episodes individually. You can go and look at those for our defense for complementarianism. But it's not only the culture that's yeah. against it. It's also within the world of Christianity, of, yes. of Protestant, somewhat conservative Christianity, there are a lot of voices right now opposing and trying to take down this traditional view of complementarianism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Within and without, all is it being attacked and what the Bible says about, basically, on the Bible's authority. And we're saying that that does remain the authority of a Christian couple who both have a relationship with God. They see the importance of keeping the Bible as the authority no matter who is shifting or changing around them. Mm -hmm. So morals, you know, we talked, you mentioned morals. Right. And the Bible is filled with imperative commands. Yes. For, you know, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And um, a number yeah. of additional mm -hmm. imperatives to Christians right. to uh, love to forgive. be patient, to forgive. Yes. Um, so those things shape the way we treat each other. Yes, definitely. Okay, what's the next thing yeah, so, that we see? Yeah, the second major way that our relationship with God affects our marriage mm -hmm. is it establishes interests and goals that we share. Yes. Which affects the way we make decisions. Mm -hmm. So if I... Am looking to the Bible as my source of authority, right. and I have a relationship with God that gives me a new set of priorities, a new set of values, a new yes. set of loves, a new set of interests, and I'm on a certain trajectory in life. Right. And if you are too, we're going the same direction. Mm -hmm. We can link arms. We can help each other. We can pick each other up. We can encourage each other in that direction. And that's a pretty important piece of our relationship with each other. Yeah, and it and this may change what you thought your marriage would be like maybe when you were younger or what you thought your life would be like before you were a Christian. When you become a Christian, you know, you are, uh, and then you enter a marriage, it's like you and your spouse are teaming up together to do what God's will would be in your life, to follow what his word would say in the decisions and the goals that you're making. So that may shift everything around, you know, where before you might think, oh, this is what I'd like to accomplish. This is what I'd like to see. Instead, it's okay, because we both are following Christ. 
we may have a new set of goals, a new direction, and new interests. Like things may change because of whom we love and whom we follow, which is the Lord. Yep. <clears throat> Even like, why do we have people over for dinner? Right. It's not just so we can have fun and play a game yeah. with them. It's, yeah. you know, because of, uh, I think, higher and more significant uh, reasons. Yes. We want to fellowship with other believers. Right. We want to encourage another family. We want to help another family. Right. And, you know, to love God. So we want to exemplify a Christian marriage. So we now have new reasons for the things we do, yes. what what we do, and, and the reasons for doing them. Totally. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Okay. So, yeah, so we see the ways in which our relationship with God is shaping our yeah. interests, and we share those things with each other. Definitely. So that, yeah. Then there's a third aspect okay. where if we love God and the Bible's our authority, then we view marriage the way the Bible views marriage as a binding, lifelong mm -hmm. covenant. Mm -hmm. So in America, it might be easy or common to view marriage as a contract, mm -hmm. a business contract. You know, um, we get a marriage license from the courthouse and we sign it and there's a legal document. Yeah. And we have a contract where we're husband and wife. Yeah. And, but in the eyes of God, biblically, theologically speaking, our marriage is more than a contract. It's actually a covenant. And I think it's a lifelong covenant. Yeah. And that means that we don't break this covenant. We don't say we want to just jump out of this one or we want to be done with it. We want to give up on it. Mm -hmm. um, we're just talking with the kids. I was the other day about someone who in their class, they, the parents are going through a divorce and this whole conversation about divorce came up in our van. And I thought it was great because I was able to talk to the kids about the way you and I are committed to each other and how that divorce for us isn't an option. We are, we've come together before God. We've said we are going to be husband and wife till the end, you know, even when, if things are tough, when things are tough, we are committed. And so that was really interesting to hear the kids perspective on divorce and if that was something that mom and dad would ever do, and we just had this whole conversation saying, no, we are committed to each other because of the covenant which we made before the Lord, and so we're not going to just try and get out of it or bail on it. Yeah, we're stuck with each other. <laughs> you got me. We are. Yeah, for better, for worse. <laughs> yeah, for better, for worse, and we have left father and mother. Right. And we have cleft to each other. <laughs> Such a good word. <laughs> we, we, have, we are glued yeah. to each other. We're right. stuck with yep. each other, according to Genesis 2.24. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So those are a couple major reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we could sum it up kind of by just describing this common bond we now have in Christ. If I love God through Christ and you love God through Christ, right. we share that in common with, with each other. We have unity spiritually speaking, in that sort of way. And um, we help each other in our relationship to love God more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, common bond that we have in Christ shows us that we're going to, well, it, what we see in that is that as we become g more godly, as we pursue godliness in our own lives, that's going to help us to become a better spouse. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as we see this relationship being the 
most important, as we pursue that Christ-likeness throughout our life, we're going to see that um, we become a better spouse. Yes, our marriage is better or stronger. Uh, There's positive effects because of this relationship that we have with the Lord, not because we're just adding in things, you know, trying to make little changes here and there or tips or tricks, but because we know God, we follow him and we obey him and we become more like him, we're going to see a positive impact, a huge positive impact within our marriage and how we relate to one another. Yep. And, you know, you've probably heard the illustration numerous times before. I've heard it in various contexts where if both husband and wife are both aiming toward Christ-likeness, then mm-hmm. it's like two sides of a triangle coming up together to the the tip. What, right. what is the, the tip of a the triangle? What's apex? The apex? <laughs> the- you know what's funny about this is I don't do a lot of math, <laughs> but yesterday I used the Pythagorean theorem to solve for the hypotenuse. Wow. And you were like, you what? did what? <laughs> but we were trying to figure out if this thing would fit in this box. Yeah. And I needed to find the angle. A- yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. A- anyway. Too much math what, for this. The ape- yeah. <laughs> what's the apex? What's the, the geometrical term for the apex? I know what it is. What? The tippity top. <laughs> <laughs> The top of the triangle. So, so the peak. So if we <laughs> okay, so we're both we're both on the trajectory <laughs> and aiming for the tippity top. <laughs> the closer we get to the tippity top of the triangle, right? The closer we get to God, and in right. turn, the closer we actually get to each other. True. Until we eventually meet Christ together. Yeah. Right. So that is a good visual to describe what we're talking about here. And so we're both going the same direction. We're aiming toward the same goal. And that affects everything. Right. Totally. Take us home. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you next time. See ya.